Welcome to this week's episode of Hey, I think we're good here. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jackson Metakekia. And I'm Matt West. And we're here getting to know the sport of volleyball through the life experiences our guests have to share with us. Come take a listen. Today's guest is all-time great Trojan, Micah Christensen. Micah is the current national team captain, three-time All-American, World Cup, World League, and Italian Super League champion, an Olympic bronze medalist, two-time Gatorade Player of the Year as a basketball player, and the self-proclaimed Hawaiian Dirk Nowitzki. Here's his story. Well, Micah, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate having you. No problem. Love to be here, man. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course, man. Well, I guess, like, uh, let's get it started, you know, like, what was the reason you first started playing volleyball? Because you grew up in a basketball family. Both your parents are basketball players, yeah? My dad is a basketball player. My mom's a volleyball player. Okay. So, um, I kind of always around it with my mom playing volleyball. She, I got it wrong on my, a, a different uh, thing that I interviewed that I did. She's actually a three-time national champ. Oh, at Kamehameha? So I said two time. No, at at UH Hilo, University of Hawaii at Hilo. Oh, damn. This before, before like NAIA, but I don't know what the division was. But she did, she won two in one year, apparently. So I don't know what that is, but she won it. So is, that where, uh, is that where Jalen's dad coached? Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So Tino Reyes. Was there for a little while, and then I don't think he's still there. But yeah, my mom played volleyball, my dad played basketball, and I, I was always kind of primarily a basketball guy growing up. I guess like it was my main sport, first love of sport, and then volleyball came around. I think when I was around thirteen, and I started to play for the middle school team, and I started to play club, and got a little more serious. A little more serious, and then volleyball. Um, obviously, it's a pretty popular sport in in Hawaii. It's got a big following. I know the University of Hawaii has a big following, both men and women. So, um, it was encouraging also to play volleyball. It wasn't like looked down upon. Yeah. So that was something that was cool. Um, that's so nice. And that's unique to Hawaii because I know a, a lot of places it's not like that. Yeah, it's a girls' sport. A lot of places. Yeah, I mean. It still kind of is in Hawaii, but it's just less less than, let's say, like in the Midwest. For but sure. we still get, you know, when we're the USA teams just traveling, it's like, there's a men's volleyball exists in the world. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's all right. It's like we I go to the Olympics, you know, we have like a world championships. Pretty big deal. <laughs> pretty big deal to the rest of the world, but I mean, middle of America doesn't really know about it, and I don't blame them. We got a ton of like big mainstream sports, but. It's cool once they get the exposure, it seems like everybody kind of catches the bug and they just they get bit by it and they start loving it. Dude, I was telling – so we had Micah Ma on the other day and he's telling us about playing at A6 Rainbow back in the day when I think you were, you were on the team. Yeah, it was like your 13th year. And I said, yeah, that's yeah. the first year I met Micah at High Performance in Tucson. 
And Mike and I are talking and Micah kind of gets this look in his eye. And I was like, I feel like this kid's going to punch somebody. And then all of a sudden, Micah punches me square in the shoulder. And I was like, Micah, what's the deal, man? Why are you punching me? And he goes, you're the Seattle kid? You're the kid that was supposed to be on my team at A6 Rainbow. We could have won if you were on my team. And you socked me in the <laughs> shoulder. And I was like, man, this guy. I just met this guy like two hours ago on a shuttle. And he already punched me in the shoulder. Hey, just it was, it was love at first sight. Punching in the shoulder. <laughs> we knew. Dude, my memory, my memory of that trip was we were walking. So, like, middle of the desert. Like, we're in Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. And we were at a hotel. And the, the convention center, the gym or whatever, we were, we were at, we were playing at. It was about a 15, 20-minute walk. Yeah. And Every day. And, of course, like, middle of the desert, super over 100 degrees. They're like, let's get a bunch of kids, hundreds of kids just walking there instead of getting some buses. And so we were walking there first day. And I just like happened to walk next to you and we just got to talk and I was like, Oh, position E play center. Oh, position E play center. Oh, sick. All right, cool. And then we end up on like the top court together. I'm like, Oh, okay. This just happened to be destiny. Yeah, this is and we were like running six, two, we we're like running the six, two and just dominating people. And we we're like, this is, this is it. This we is found it. it. We found we're going to do volleyball. this the rest of our careers. Yeah, oh, six, two. Dude, it was so sick. So, like, the first ball I set, because we just run X's and stuff, because we were just messing around. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. were, like, it was, it's not like we were, we weren't by far the best kids or anything, but, like, we were the best setters, and, like, we could do everything. So, we are like, let's just enjoy this, man. We've already figured <laughs> it out day one, so let's just, let's enjoy it. So, I set Micah at X2, and Micah comes around, and he buries it with his left hand buries this ball and the whole gym just goes silent and I was like I know I'm supposed to compete with this kid but that was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> that was so sick dude that was the back in the day and I was like <laughs> running lefty slides like reverse slides into the into the court rather than to the pin oh, so much oh that was when we could be creative with volleyball now it's just boring but dude I just <laughs> remember you you were just like jumping way higher than mo like almost everybody at the gym at the place I don't know if Jeremy Dana was there, but if Jeremy Dana was there, you probably weren't jumping higher than that guy. Sure. But everyone else, you were you were jumping, and they were like, "That guy's a setter," and we were just I was just setting you X twos, and I remember we would just basically set each other the whole time, and it was the whole day. It was a monopoly of of volleyball on that day, but hey, do what you got to do to win. So then, what like what was because. So we grow up, and then obviously we're on the top court at, like, A1 Select and stuff. And yeah, then the yeah. next year, we go to Guadalajara, and we have to play this guy who's your arch nemesis to this day, Wilfredo Leon. Oh, dude, that guy was out of our league. <laughs> but, go, yeah, continue. <laughs> you continue. Right? Okay, so that guy's nuts, right? And then you go to Worlds in Italy with the youth team. Yeah. Right. And that's like your first. That, at your, that time was the youth team. Yeah. Yes. So like, cause you, you played up and then played on youth team with like Krabby and Sander and Josh Taylor yeah. and Maurice and Josh. all those guys. Yes. How was that first exposure to international volleyball? Oh, it was, it was crazy. It was just like, uh, it wasn't as serious as it should have been, which. Well, yeah, dude, we were um, playing, we were playing, was, what's it called? Uh, tunnel tag on on like the bench it's like anytime oh, yeah, you yeah. had like a 30 second timeout we go play tunnel tag on the back and then come back for the timeout 
Yeah, it was, it was like, so obviously, like we talked about earlier, like America volleyball, let alone men's volleyball, isn't this massive sport that people take super seriously that you've got like these crazy camps and tons of money pumped into. So it's not, there's not uh, that response as, your, as a youth player to when you go to like these international tournaments when there's like the Russians and the Italians and the Polish and they're like, that's, that's not how you do this. Like this is international volleyball. Like this is big time. And we're like, we're just super naive to the fact that this was bigger than we thought. Um, So we, I mean, that was almost to our advantage as well. We just kind of really lived in the moment, enjoyed it. um, But didn't really recognize, I guess, the, the impact and the just the whole scenario of the international volleyball. So I think that was a cool introduction, like you said, Matt, like to just be introduced to international volleyball with your boys that you're just like yeah. having fun with and and with the USA team too. And I think to our fault, we trained for like a week or a week and a half. <laughs> and then we go and try to play against these guys that have like feeder programs that start when they're 14 and they've been training together forever. Yeah. And, and we just try to pull it together with a coach we've never heard from. I remember JT, JT Winger was our coach and he was like, jump high and hit hard. Like, just go do your thing guys. We're like, all right. Sick. <laughs> Thanks coach. Yeah. Street, street ball. That's what it kind of was. It was just like, let's figure out how one guy plays. And if you got like these, super studs like Taylor Sander and at that time it was Josh and Maurice and Taylor Crabb and it's just like I was able to have be surrounded by like super talented dudes so luckily we didn't really have to have a ton of chemistry it was just like just go go kill the ball do you feel like that not that like you're obviously you're not still naive like you've played in two world championships and Olympics now but do you still feel that like childish sense of joy when you go out every maybe even at practice and matches when you go out and play volleyball, like it's still that thought of like, this is just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, I think that a lot of it too is the joyfulness of getting to compete every day Yeah, and like, and be creative and try new things and being comfortable enough to be able to do that and still have like this competitive edge. Because I think when it, for me, it's always like the, the game is so beautiful. And I think it's beautiful because it's so hard and it's like such an impossible game to be good at and to be perfect at. So when you're competing and when you lose the element of competition and like the joy of competition, then things just get terrible. And they get boring and they get um, monotonous. So to be able to like compete at a high level and enjoy the game and have that like almost respect for the game to know that you're, you have to literally try your hardest in order to survive is, uh, is cool. But just having the joy, I mean, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I think volleyball, the culture of volleyball players so cool. is a very playful one. Yes. hundred yeah. percent. Like, yeah. Especially like the men's volleyball professional. Side. Totally. And I think that's the, I think that's almost the nature of like, it not being as serious as a lot of the other sports. 
correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys feel the same way, but I think that's the way, I think that's my point of view on it. I think? feel the exact same way. My, I'm an assistant coach and me and my head coach and the other assistant are just like talking smack to each other all day. And it's just, it's fun. And I don't know if you get that in like a basketball office or maybe you do, but I wouldn't know. Yeah. Like I, I just, just love it. It's yeah. small community. Yeah. And know. like, man, I remember like you, what was it? I, the last time I saw you is I think you, you were walking down to six man and I was walking up to six man or walking up from uh-huh. six man. And you're like, did you play or party? And I was like, I did one and I just walked by and it's just like one of these senses of camaraderie where it's like, I haven't seen this guy in so long, but I was like, I love that guy. And you probably saw, I saw like 15 people on the way up from one event where I was like, I haven't seen that guy in X amount of years. I played against that guy. I really like that guy, blah, 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 blah. But like every guy you see in the volleyball world, especially the men's, in my opinion, is like, even if you hated him at one point, for some reason, you could still, you still feel like you could reach out to him for something. Totally agree. I think you feel that small town community. I think you feel, and there's almost this bond. It's like a fraternity, yes. especially if you've played college volleyball, but even not even like if just in men's volleyball in general, that I think it's almost a fraternity that you can relate to such an interesting, like we all can say we've had this experience of like, Oh, men's volleyball exists. Like, yeah. You guys play that sport that's for girls. And I think that's like a a relationship builder and something that we all can kind of relate to. So it's a cool little bond that a lot of us have. And it's not, I don't, I wouldn't even call it a chip on your shoulder, but it's just, we're so um, secure in kind of who we are. And we're just like, we love this game. We trust me, you'll, you'll love it too when you start it and you, when you start watching it and trying it. So come join us rather than like having this weird chip on your shoulders. Like, ah, no, we don't play a girl sport. We're men, blah, blah, blah. We're like, <laughs> come join us, man. Come play with us. It'll be yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. But knowing you, dude, you're probably like, come join us. So like, I'll kick the shit out of you. And then you'll see like how much you really like the yeah. sport now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you call it a girl sport again. Bam in your face. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I made, I, I made one of my best friends cry in, after school PE because we we're playing a massive volleyball game and uh, I just decided to hit one hard one time and there's there's probably 50 kids on the court each side and it was like one of my best friends and I just unloaded on it just square in the face and he started like tearing up I was like I'm at the mo- at the time everyone's like oh and I just felt so bad but he but it was funny we laugh about it but I feel I still feel bad you don't so, know. You don't know volleyball until you're there. Until it? you get, yeah. Until you have bottom on your forehead. In the face, yeah. <laughs> so when for you, because okay, just for the record, Michael was he was a good basketball player. Is what people probably think. He was an extraordinary basketball. Well, player. two state champs, right? Yeah, and you were Gatorade Player of the Year in Hawaii. Twice. Yeah. We got, we okay. Got to like. Okay. I have to kind of rep it now because I haven't touched a boy at basketball in a long time. Yeah. So like, <laughs> oh, like, and when you, so Micah's, and Micah's ambidextrous. So if you play Micah and horse now, and he's like, oh, I feel like challenging myself, he'll just play you lefty. He pulls the Larry Bird. Okay. So Micah's not Dude, just. A... Yeah. All right. That's a nice comparison Larry. for you. You're wor- you're welcome. Love that. Oh, yeah. you're welcome. 
So at what point in time, because you go through all these things, and you played through your senior year knowing that you're for sure going to go to SC and you have money to go to SC and you're going to do all these things at SC. At what point in time prior to that did you decide, like, I think volleyball is going to be the best avenue? And, like, was it a sit-down conversation where, like, Bob sat you down? It was like, look, Micah, I'm a basketball player. I love basketball, but I really think this is the best for you. Or was your mom like, I think this is the best for you? How did it go down in your family? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. I was super fortunate to have just, like, supportive parents on whatever. They would let me make my decision and kind of live with it. And they would definitely, like, offer their own opinions and, I guess, words of wisdom. But there was never, like, this is, this is what you're going to do. It was more like, you know, maybe you should consider this. Maybe you should consider that. And just more put all the options on the table for me. And then allow me to make my own decision and live with the consequences. But um, for me, I guess playing my experiences on the youth junior national team and kind of in that USA pipeline, and some of the successes I was able to have, I was you. I was able to see the opportunity to possibly succeed in volleyball further than I could see the the success or the potential success in basketball. I was getting the opportunity to be recruited by some of the top team or some of the top schools in the country when it in regards to volleyball. If there were like Duke and North Carolina scholarships to basketball, there would definitely be a reconsideration. <laughs> but, um, yeah. and then I was able to kind of see, like, I saw the 2018, I was like, I want to do that. I want to be those guys yeah. and win that gold medal. And so having the experience on the USA, in the USA pipeline, helped me to visualize that actually coming true. So that helped me make my decision to play. Um, to play volleyball in college, but also I, it wasn't going to make me stop playing like high school basketball or like sure. club basketball all the way until there. Cause I just, I loved it too much. I almost felt a responsibility to my, my school and my friends and all that stuff too, to, to, uh, to play. So after you make that decision to go with volleyball, what makes you choose SC? Well, Matt committed to Pepperdine. <laughs> Michael really wanted to go to Pepperdine, just for the record. (laughs) Well, I like – that was definitely one of my top schools. It definitely fit a lot of my my values, Uh, being a Christian school, being obviously very good at at volleyball, and being in Southern California. (laughs) All like an incredible school. And a lot of the buddies went there, right? So um, that was definitely one of my tops. And I was like, okay that cross that one out can't go there anymore and so basically what I had had with a a conversation with my parents was like okay like you can go to school for college but like we can't it's not you're gonna have to get a scholarship like you can't just go to any other school like you can't just afford it or or you're gonna have to take this crazy student loan out so that that narrowed it down a bit too I was like okay can't go there can't go there can't go there so it, it was between USC and Santa Barbara and I took my visits, I did all that, and then it came down to what I felt was that USC was going to give me the best opportunity if I had never played volleyball again. If I had a career-ending injury, concussion now, that's a whole thing of, like, uh, would a degree come from USC? Um, would that propel me in the direction to have a successful career 
if I never had volleyball again. So that was a big part in the the uh, decision making was the academic side of it. That's funny because you guys ended up playing Santa Barbara in the Final Four. What was that? Two thousand eleven. That wasn't or 12? me. No, that wasn't that was me. the year before. Yeah. That was the year before me. But that it, that's oh. hilarious because because that was part of my decision. I mean, those were that was kind of during the decision making time. Okay. Um, and Santa Barbara beat SC. Upset SC. That was like the yeah. all-star team of USC, too. Man, the yeah, greatest team that never it. was, I think. They blew it, man. <laughs> my I head mean, coach. I think they'll tell you that, yeah. For yeah, sure. my head coach is Lee Nelson. He was the assistant at Santa Barbara at the time. And he was like, man, we even beat them, and we still didn't get Micah. <laughs> I remember Lee. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I, – I bet you my decision was probably already made. But, sure, sure. But yeah, I mean, there is also Oliver Deutschman was uh dude. He was was he at was Santa a Barbara. Stud man. A well, he was, stud he was on we that junior younger. team. Yeah, he, he was, was on a, that, that youth team with me. He was huge in the pipe. Him and Chen Lei were the guys before Mike and I showed up. Chen Chen Lei. He was our our year. Yeah, though. he's our year, but he always played up with Ollie and those guys. Yeah, dude, he was our year. I remember going. Uh, I remember hearing about that guy. I'm like, take that guy out, not not physically, <laughs> but like competitively. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, shout out to Chen Lei. I don't know how he's doing, but shout out to that guy, man. Yeah, dude, he was a baller Correct. back in the day. What? Yeah. So I have a question for you. It's a question I've always had for you. Now I'm lucky <laughs> enough to get you on a podcast to ask it. Who lit the fire under your ass to make you as competitive as you are? Because in anything that I've ever done with you, anything, it could be like a cannonball, laps in a pool, who can serve the hardest, who can serve the nicest, cleanest float, you have yep. to win. You have to. And you'll talk yeah, as much shit. Sometimes. Yeah, you'll talk as much shit as it possibly takes to break the other guy. You'll do anything, but hopefully besides hurt him. And... I never Hopefully thought. Not. I'm not gonna hurt anyone. <laughs> Dude, come on. But like, I remember because I remember talking to you. I don't remember when. I think it was when that like 30 for 30 came out about the bad boys, and it was the first time I like knew who Isaiah Thomas really was. And the only guy that ever brought up Isaiah Thomas maybe being the greatest player to ever play was Micah Christensen. And it no like way, all no all the all the stars aligned. I never said that. Yeah, he was like, I love Isaiah Thomas. He thought Isaiah <laughs> I love Thomas Isaiah, was so Larry sick. Larry Bird, dude. Larry Bird yeah. is a guy. But those are two guys that He's are very comparable. Yeah, those are yeah. comparable to like the way, not necessarily the way you think, but like they talk, they compete, and they play so yeah. hard. And I think you hit all those criteria. What, what started it? Like, what put more? And what is putting wood on that fire still? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a big part of my my upbringing. I think my dad challenged me quite a bit in a good, in like very healthy ways. Yeah, of like always trying to get me to do a little bit more. Like, oh, nice shot, you made that one. I bet you can't make that one a little further. And then it was just like a little bit, little by little. And I think it's just kind of it's always been in my nature. I don't know. I think it's a good question of like who planted that seed or who continues to stoke it but I think now it's just become kind of a tool for me of like something that pushes me something that I take a lot of pride in I think yeah I've always been super competitive and I need to like um 
I need to, I've learned to compartmentalize that a little bit okay. in my marriage and in, in my like home life. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's not, you don't have to win at everything. Um, but when it comes to things that there's no real, you know, I'm not hurting anybody, but by going, I'm going to go. And I think, I just think it doesn't, I don't do myself or my teammates or, or even just whatever I'm doing. I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing it justice if I'm not doing it to win and I'm not doing it at the best of my, to the best of my ability. Even if, even if the guy's better than me, like I'll, I won't, it's not, it's not that I won't admit it, but I will never You're not gonna back down. feel like you can beat me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll always feel like I can find a way to win. And that's always been like, even some, you know, to a fault in certain scenarios. But for the most part in my athletic career, I've always felt that I had a fighting chance and my team has a fighting chance. Um, if I'm able to go out there and still and continue to play. So... I think that's a good question, Matt, of like where that started. Um, maybe a better person to ask it would be my parents because they probably remember that stuff more than me. But yeah. for me, it's in my experience, it's always been kind of part of me. I think that's so a just super, super random question. Um, we could edit this back, Matt. But what NBA player in today's game did you play like when you played? Oh, dude. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't play it. he just retired. He just retired. But I'm, I'm going to go with Big Dirk. Let's go. Big Dirk's my guy. He's my, he's my favorite player. He was my favorite player growing up, um, like an active player. Because for me, I was always taller than most people in Hawaii. It's a lot of uh, shorter players for the most part. So I would be the guy. I'd be like a two guard on offense, if not the point guard. And then I'd like be guarding the center on defense. So, so, so it was like a weird hybrid of positions, but I just, I felt, I was told I was a pretty decent shooter. I could rebound the ball pretty well. I think volleyball helped me do that. Uh, a good amount of like being able to time things and read things off of the rim and off the block and whatever, and be able to tip it to myself. But I, I mean, I would say Dirk. I would, I, I would hope to say Dirk is what is that's what a, I hope. Yeah, that's a great answer. Not the most athletic guy in the gym. <laughs> Let's say Dirk in his prime. Dirk was uh, having a hard time getting to half court. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, in the latter part of their career, but true. But uh, yeah, I wasn't a high flyer, but and still am not. But um, we could we could get some fundamentals out there. <laughs> nice. So, to walk us through your first year at SC, because I love this. I've been a part of two of the, like, greatest streaks in my four years at Pepperdine. We started yours at SC when you guys won, like, 22 games in a row. That started against oh, us. Oh, no way. When Tony Torelli blew up Mike McMahon, like, eight times in a match. Was that in – is that, that at was, Pep? Yeah, that was at Pep. Fieldhouse? Yeah, dude, that was a legendary match. But keep, but you go, you go. It was, it was a super fun. Like it was so tight, and it was one of those things where I was like, it was the first time we got to play each other, and we were both playing really well up until that point. So it was like a showdown. I was like, all right, man, like this is it. <laughs> like this is our, this is our time to show each other in college, like who's boss. And then, 
it was like really tight in the third and then all of a sudden tony went back to the line and just started unloading dude Dude had like 10 aces. Yeah, I think he had 12 game, aces at the end of the match. Yeah, 12. And I, I was like, him. yeah, I was like, <laughs> who is this guy? I Obviously, we all know who this guy is. We're like, what is this guy doing, man? And then you guys win like how many matches in a row? Like 18 or something? It was, I think it was like 19 or, or maybe even like 20, like, like what you said. But it was yeah, an SC like, record. Yeah, it was like 22 matches in a row. You guys just rattle off. And I was like, oh, my God, they're doing it. So then you guys – That was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was super cool to watch because you're just like, this guy's so unstoppable. And Mike is so good at setting this guy. Like, I was like, he got smart enough where he's like, I just got to set this one guy. I'll set the the middles every once in a while, (laughs) and I'll open it up to Tanner. But Tony's my guy. Set that guy wherever he is. Because he's like the most unathletic 01 I've ever seen. But his arm is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Shoulder was insane. His his hand was, was so crazy sick. too. His hand control was amazing. And the funny thing about Tony is he could he can't bend his right wrist back past this one eighty degrees. So I don't understand Just how he had balls. such good dude. Yeah, he can't he like he had surgery and he can't bend it back. So he's just doing and uh yeah, the dude couldn't like he wasn't his high flyer. He wasn't he couldn't – so so his platform – I'm going to try to, like, stand my phone up. His platform was, I like – I heard he, this. like, intertwined. Yeah, he intertwined yeah. his fingers, right? Because he can't – because he couldn't bend his wrist back. So he had to keep one like this. Wow. And, uh, and so – and he's still passable pretty well at that college level and, like, had just a giant booty, giant <laughs> tree trunk legs that were – he was a horse. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. There wasn't much of a a puzzle. It was like set Tony. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so you guys unfortunately lose in this. Was it the semis or the finals against? Finals. No, 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 no. I mean before that. Oh, before MPSF. That. Before you got robbed. Semis. It's semis, yeah. Semis, semis. Up two zero, and then they came back. Yep. So let's before we get into the final, because I already well, know I your thoughts that. on the final, dude. I, what oh, we gotta talk. I don't. I don't know what you think my thoughts are. So that'll be fun. I. I know. I think I know what your thoughts are for sure. Okay. 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 But what were your guys' thoughts going into the final four? Were you like, we got this. Oh. We're at home, dude. It's over. Like they got That's lucky. Hard. No, definitely not. Like a we got this feel. It was like we need to get them back type of feel. It felt. Yeah. It was like, uh, you know, we're not gonna let it happen again. Um super fortunate to get like the at-large bid because we wanted the league we were the number one seed coming into in the nation i believe coming into that and so but we were just like we hope we hope we didn't blow the opportunity to get to the final four and then we got it and we played lewis um and we beat him i think 3-1 jay petty was their dude greg's older brother yeah and then, yeah, and then we got to the final. And, well, okay, so after that semifinal match, Henry Cassett, you know, you remember Henry? Yeah, didn't he have, Obviously like, some Henry. hip thing going on or whatever? Dude, uh, dude couldn't walk. After yeah. the game in the training room, I remember, like, stretching or whatever in the training room, and my guy could not walk, like, literally couldn't take a step. And I was like, Henry, like, bro, suck it up. We have a national championship 
in like coming know. up it, it it was either the next day or the two days later i was like henry you gotta go man take some drugs and he was like i can't i can't take a step i can't walk and his it, what ended up happening was his bones both hip sockets were grinding on each other on on like the so the the head of his leg bones was grinding yeah. on the hip sockets both of them and he had to have surgery to to like immediately to get that sorted out and grind the bones off so he wasn't just taken out more and more so we had to, we had to start our second libra and he henry at the time was all american yeah he was and, pulling that year and so that was a that was a tough position for our second libra to come in and he wasn't a wasn't like a big volleyball he's a football player and so he uh got put into a tough situation but we yeah had an opportunity we, we lost it it was a bummer still sucks so before apparently there were a couple too many scholarships on that Irvine. There it is. There it is. Yeah, I heard it here first. I was gonna say because you were like, I want to hear your thoughts on what I think. Here, is that what it was? I was like, Micah, Micah's for sure. I told Jackson, I was like, Micah thinks he got robbed. Kevin Tilly shouldn't have played. (laughs) Kevin Tilly robbed him. And I well. He shouldn't have played. Yeah, I tell Kevin about that. I tell Kevin about I that. I knew too. it, dude. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> the dude, he was like, honest oh, mistake, man. We didn't know. Bullshit. Like, okay, honestly, give my championship to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's whatever. I mean, it, it honestly wasn't. Kevin carried them to the championship to that, that game, and then our whole game plan was to stop Kevin because he was just dominating. And then Connor Hughes and, just uh, went off. Connor Hughes and Carson. Yeah, Carson, Carson really Clark well. had like was sleeping all year, and then all of a sudden has a game, and uh, and Connor Hughes, and so, I mean, we did our game plan job to stop Kevin, but then that ends up being the uh, the thing that gets us, and so and, and so be it. But yeah, it was a, it was a bummer, but we 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 go life goes on. Fuel did the you, fire. Did Did you think? Uh... At that moment, like obviously you have time to reflect after for a little bit. Did you think that was going to be your only chance at a ring in your four years? So let me put this into perspective. At the time, no, no chance. Now, looking back on it. You're like, I can't believe we got there once. Yeah. No, like, yeah, no, like uh, the years after, like without Tony was, yeah, I was like, yeah, I get it. Like we're. If I had to predict now, yeah. Um, without how, knowing how it was gonna go, I wouldn't. I'm not surprised. How hard? I I saw this um, question posed to you, or I don't. It wasn't posed like this, but I heard you speaking about it. How hard was your sophomore year, coming off of almost winning a national championship? To we, you guys didn't make playoffs that year, yeah. Oh, dude, we were 6 and 18. Yeah. How – what yeah. kind of, like, mentally, how exhausting was it? Did you ever feel like you were, like, a failure? Did you ever feel like I'm just – like, what were – what's going through your mind that whole season? Because it's got to be just tidal waves. Totally. It was su- – exhausting is a super good word. Yeah. Um, Because – 
I just felt like I was giving so much and trying to like give so much and like holding these higher expectations, obviously, because we just came off of a national championship and we had, you know, we had, we didn't have Tony, but we had some, some guns Yeah. and it just wasn't working and it was super exhausting, but it never was like, it was discouraging, but it never felt like, oh man, like, let's just turn it in. Like, I remember it could have been against you guys after you guys, we played you, we played somebody in our rec center. No, that was us. And you guys balled. You played really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys played and really well. I remember, you who was the four. guy on your team? Who was, the, who was the guy? I think that could have been a different year though, Matt, because I don't think we won. No, no, that you beat us. You beat us your sophomore year for about. sure, because Kyle snapped his ankle, and then we went to you guys. And I think it was Bo, oh, probably Bo Daniels, or not Bo Daniels, Bo Vandaway. Yup. Yeah, yep. and you guys were just crushing him. No, he he pissed me off. Yeah. And I uh, I remember like telling my coaches, I'm like, I'm going after this guy. Yeah. And I got him subbed out re- pretty quick. So fast. And. uh but yeah, and like, sorry, like my bad, dude. But like, you, he made me mad. No, it's okay. So man. I just, hit, I just hit him with it. Jackson, my bad, Bo. Jackson and I have talked about this before. When like, there are certain mo, like, I don't know how you are, but I'm the type of guy where like, I can't play mad for a whole match, in like, in general. Like, it's just not who I am. I can play mad for moments. Like, if a guy says something, and it hits me wrong. And I'm like, you just hit my ego and my persona. It's over. I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. I'm coming back with it. Are you the type of guy? I, I know that you're like that for sure. But like, if you got a bone to pick with a guy before you even walk into a match, do you take it the whole match or eventually do you like shut it off? It depends. Like, I don't really have bones to pick like if i if i genuinely don't like a guy for a long time like i'll i'll take that the whole match and i because i just like don't like you period yeah like it's not because you said something to me it's like because you've done things your body of work shows that i just don't like you Um, but for like most most of the time it's moments of of a guy like oh i don't even know i don't remember what he did man i think he was so for me at SC, it was more of don't try to pick on my teammates. Yeah. If you're going to come after one of us, come after me. Yeah, it's a respect. And I just thing. felt that as like a big – yeah, I just felt like a, that, that was like a, a, a sign of a, a big like weak – like don't be weak and like pick on a weak dude. Like come, yeah. come to me. And so that really pissed me off. But I don't think he did that. I think he was um, – I think he was just like feeling himself a little bit. And I'm like, bro. For sure. Take it like easy. You're not that good, dude. Shut it down. No. Yeah. Well, you think that as a competitor, you're just like. No, okay, I know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm going to show you who you are. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, so um, that's that's after summer. that moment. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. Well, well, I just going back to your first question of like how discourage, not discouraging, but exhausting it was. I remember after a game in that rec center, we'd lost to a not good team. It could have been the night before we played somebody, yeah. and I was like, I, I had, I was like, Ferg, we need, we need to talk, and I was like, I need to play outside hitter. You need to make me an outside hitter right now because, uh, it's just we got to try something. We got to do something because this is not working. 
and it was yeah. always like trying to find a solution rather than like oh man we're not doing well it's for sure like you have to man massive. it's your only chance to win yeah we were just i was just like begging him like and i i don't think he did i played one or two games as an outside hitter maybe three or four but not nothing crazy yeah i remember you playing against ucla as an outside yeah. and you were like mike is playing as an outside <laughs> i had mono and mono that game. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah, got trampled, nuts. I remember, but I was like, this is so yeah. sick that he's getting to play. Dude, and they were like serving me, and I was like feeling myself a little bit passive. Like, Keep it coming. <laughs> I'm like, okay, of course you're going to serve the setter that's playing. For sure. like, Absolutely. I felt like I was holding, I felt like I was holding, I wasn't like diming every ball, but I was like, it wasn't an embarrassing shouting for me passing. So I was like, all right. Dude, I you're. You're a two-time Gatorade Player of the Year as an outside. True. So no, they didn't like... have Gatorade Player of the Year for volleyball. That's what sucked. Oh, I'm sorry. It's so tough. And I was, dude, volleyball. My volleyball career. Nobody knows me here in Hawaii as a volleyball player until now. Like until I finished high school. Yeah. But I was just smurfed by the Punahou teams that were just dominating me. Josh yeah. T. So good, Josh man. Six packed me on statewide TV in the, in the state championship game just like they had just the they were like the monsters and i was like one play like me and jamie <laughs> norris and Den and Josh just cross court super sharp bomb got me on national that was an embarrassing moment for me so then your at your sophomore year is when we were training at asc for junior team yeah yep okay and then i remember we were going to practice one day and ben patch being ben patch is like I think I think Mike is going to talk to Spira today. I think Mike is going to talk to Spira today, and I'm like, I don't want to hear that shit. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Get get this guy out of here. It's weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just classic Ben, right? And so I remember, like, because we were playing King Bear, and I was out, and Spira came walking over, and it was actually a really cool moment for me because uh, I was pissed as a competitor, but I was really proud as a friend. And I remember you perfectly squared up to four moving forward from a pass to five. And you set it the long way back to two and there was nobody up. And like Ben just annihilates this ball and Spraw nodded and he just walked away. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to be the next <laughs> national team. I was like, he's going to be the next national team setter. And it was like really cool. But at the same time, I was like, I want to be the national team setter, obviously. And then... That was the conversation to get you in the door, yeah? Was that day? I think. I think. First off, that's really cool to hear from you. Um, because obviously, we were friends, literally friends before competitors. Like, yeah. we just, like, bonded before we even knew that we were playing the same position. We were friends. Yeah. And so that's a that's an awesome thing to hear. And I really um, appreciate, like, that support. Um and but in regards to that I, I mean i think that could have been the conversation i remember just i remember him talking to ferguson and saying hey oh yeah that was it you're right because the ferguson he called fergie and was like if uh i kind of want to look at micah this summer but but if if i you know, and so he was relaying, Ferguson was relaying that message to me. And I was like, sick. But I just didn't, I didn't expect much of it. 
And then we got in the gym and luckily we're training next to the national team dudes. And we, I remember we would sit and watch and like stretch and watch their training afterwards. Yeah. And, uh, and so that was like a very cool way to have that trajectory and that transition there. And honestly, like I got called into the gym, but the first month or two i was just keeping score and shagging balls and it wasn't like john was like yeah yeah, let's do it it was like okay maybe we can like let him be around the guys I which think, was all i need it was all i could ask for it's just an opportunity i think that's one a super cool message for everybody that hopefully listens to this of like you or another guy like you were just given an opportunity and you took an opportunity. You took opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And like, there's, there's not a day where I would say like, Micah doesn't work hard. Like he never deserved this for sure. What, what was your first opportunity aside from practice where you're like, I am taking this. I'm not letting go of the reins. Was well, that North I, second dude, tournament? Well, that gives me, like, goosebumps right now because I'm thinking of – and I'll never forget it. It was – I was keeping score. I can tell you exact, exactly what court we were on in the AFC. Okay. Keeping score for, like, the X amount of days, you know, consecutive days of just keeping score and wiping the floor. And that particular day, there were only two setters, and Kyle Caldwell sprains his ankle. Two set, three setters, including myself. I didn't consider myself in the, in the conversation. And Kyle Caldwell sprained his ankle. And I was like looking around. I'm like, anybody? We have any subs? <laughs> and then, and then uh, they're like, you're in. I'm like, oh, well, freezing cold. Let's go do it. And uh, it was just that was really all I needed to all I all I wanted was an opportunity. And sometimes, sometimes people only get one. But and yeah. I don't know if I would have only had one. But like you said, like whoever's watching, like whoever's watching this, be ready for your one opportunity. Because almost ninety nine percent of the time you're gonna get at one. least one opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. If you're lucky, you'll get another chance, but don't blow it because you might have one and take advantage of it. And so for me, I was able to like win a ton of drills, like very much majority of the drills. And it wasn't I, I wasn't coming in like being this high class setter, really pretty, this and that. But I was able to like compete and, and, and win and kind of grind my way to winning certain drills. And uh, I'll never forget, I had like a, a moment of affirmation. And this was, could have been after my first day, could have been after my second day of like playing volleyball with the guys. And I was sitting next to Rich Lamborn stretching. And if for those who don't know Rich, at the time, I didn't know him that I hardly knew him. It was probably the first time I talked to him at that moment and he was just hard nosed little pit bull of a dude like cut sleeves all day gonna tell you how he tell you tell you how he feels and um oh he would he would just blow up our ref volunteer refs too <laughs> so i knew not to not to man cross rich and i was sitting next to him like do you have anything like what can i get better at like do, do you have any words of advice um it just what can I do better to to hang with these guys and continue to like improve? He sat there and he's kind of caught off guard. He's like, uh, I think you're doing fine. 
<laughs> and I was just, I was ready for it. I was ready for him to hit me with it. Well, you got to get stronger, you little chicken legs. You got to do this and that. And I was like, that was a huge point of affirmation. And Rich will never remember that moment, but it was huge for me yeah. because he was one of the big bad guys that, you know, Olympic gold medalist knows the formula to win. And uh, that was a huge affirmation moment for me. And it was just um, from there, I was able to win the starting job. And then, like you said, Matt, that North Seca tournament of not only, like, winning it, I was able to, like, win the best setter and the best server, which was, you know, I'll never win a best server thing again. Yikes. <laughs> so um, that was a huge moment for me and kind of solidified at least another starting opportunity the next summer. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. I, I consider myself very lucky and fortunate to be given those opportunities at the timing that they were given. I do, I will say, I don't think I'm lucky that I wasn't prepared and I just got lucky and I won the job because of luck. I think I was lucky because I got the opportunity, but I was definitely prepared. Yeah. You got me. I was definitely I, you wouldn't you weren't going to catch me not not prepared for that moment. Do you? I I mean obviously there's a lot of things leading up to that moment for sure, in your volleyball career and your basketball career. Is there one moment in your path leading up to Rich saying like I think you're doing pretty good that stands out to you more than others, where you were like I really think I can do this. Hmm. Um, I think possibly getting to that national championship game as a freshman and then also getting to a semifinal and eventually we, we lost, we finished fourth in the world championships in Brazil with our USA junior team, yeah. the same guys with Sander and Crab and Maurice and Josh them. Um, but that was, I think, by far the highest placement you, any USA team has done. So yeah. that was a bit of an affirmation moment, too, of, like, oh, maybe maybe I can do this. And and what I was told, I had sat down with agents, not not on purpose, but they had agents had come to me and were like, you're the second best setter in this tournament. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And the first guy was the Russian Kovalev. Oh, uh, Kovalev. Yeah. Well, yeah. That guy's a he physical was, specimen. Playing at, yeah. He was like, he was pretty much the same player at that yeah, time. Exactly the which same. Which is a good player. Yeah. So, so, I mean, of course, being me, like, stupid, naive, competitive, uh, like, not in my head, I was like, I can beat that guy. Like, I, I think I'm better than that guy. And I'm going to sure. show you. But, even being like second in that got in a tournament that guys are already playing professionally. I was like, well, that's a pretty cool, huge compliment. I'm going to take that and use that to believe in myself even more. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I would certainly say that's a really high compliment in regard. There are a lot of good setters in that tournament. Jovovich is there. Jovovich was there. Um, I mean, that's a great generation that 91, 92. Because you're, yeah, ta you're lots, talking guys like players right now. Antanasievich, Kovacevic. I, I mean, that guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan. Uh, He's one of those guys that you were saying. 
Yeah. I, I hate him throughout the game. Yeah. You just can't stand him. I just don't like him. Oh man, he just goes. I don't know him as a person, but pulls more balls across his body than anybody I've oh, ever he's, seen in the he's world. He's an incredible player. Incredible player. I got a ton of respect for him as a player, but I just, I, in my experiences with him, I don't, I don't like him. <laughs> but I don't know him as a person, so maybe I would like him. But that's that's just my take on it. But yeah, what? like you said, there's a big generation for sure. That's a, yeah, man. What's the uh, not to bring up any like hard feelings like I, th- I it's great obviously that like thank god we're, we're sorry how i think i think this is i thought it was so cool one your match against italy in the semis was unbelievable in the olympics what was your thought obviously i know it's that's what i'm saying I don't, no, I don't no 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 it's, yeah. it's not it's not like you're gonna you're not bringing up things that I haven't talked about. It's totally yeah. Fun. So, like, <laughs> what what was your guys' thought? What were you thinking after the match? Because you have to play in two days, and oh, yeah. you and you have a and you got to go win. Like, it's not like you can just sit in your own shit for like too long, or you're gonna lose a match. What are you guys thinking? How are you guys prepping, like mentally? And what are you doing? Where you're like, I got to get these guys ready. I got to get myself ready. I mean, it was like pure devastation. Like it was the most devastation I think any of us have felt. And it lasted for two days. Like it didn't. And to us and to myself, I mean, I can't speak for anyone else. But for me in that time, I was like, it was gold or bust. Like I, yeah. I didn't even care. I didn't even care about this bronze medal match. And it was just heart-wrenching especially the way that we lost too like yeah. we could see it we were right there we could taste yeah, it you could literally taste the champagne yeah. and then and then uh and then it happened and then we we're like it was just shell-shocked and devastated and even going into the bronze medal match even starting the bronze medal match we we're just like still a, a skeleton of ourselves or maybe myself of like, I'm going to play hard. I'm going to do what I can. But man, if just, we had the opportunity, you know, just, just the what the ifs. Yeah. Totally. And then we lost that second and we were down 2-0. And then we kind of like flipped a switch in our heads and we we're like, guys, like, when are we, we might never get this opportunity again. We had that conversation in the huddle. How big was Reed in that the second moment? Set. Oh, Reed is crazy. Because <laughs> we all... We all were rooting for him. Like, obviously, tough comeback from ACL, this and that. And then he's like, it's Reed against the Tukin and like two legends yeah. and good friends as well. And that was the year that I had played with Reed for the past, for like the last three months of the oh, season. Oh, yeah, Matarata. Yes. So that was like, that was like, okay, I know how to feed this guy. And, and he was just on fire, killing everything, <laughs> killing high balls under the block, different ways. And you just kind of saw that as a center. Like, I kind of saw it. I was like, oh, this guy's on fire. Like, I haven't seen this read in a while. Yeah. Because he just, you know, his big stage, he knew what he was doing. And that was really cool to see him. I think just personally, too, watching his journey, like being in the game when he tours ACL um watching his journey to come back being a part of it of like he came to Chivita Nova Macharada to be 
partially, in my opinion, to be with me because he wanted to be vibing with the setter, the Olympic setter, the starting guy. So to see him come in and basically save that match was super, super cool to like put the icing on the cake of his indoor career. Yeah, that's pretty um, awesome. And, and man, like, I'm so happy that we, we flipped our minds a little bit because if I had sulked and continued to sulk about it and lost that third place match, like fourth place is like the worst place ever. You're just that close like, to a podium. You're like, you don't have anything to show for it, but you were one of the best teams in the world, you know, like, so, yeah. so to be able to, to say that we put, we medaled at the Olympics was something such an incredible experience and I'm very proud. And I was young and, and naive and just like gold or nothing. But in, when you put it in a perspective, um, it is still such an incredible feat, especially when we you know, made the decision of like, we gotta, we gotta do this. Yeah. Gotta win this thing. What are the differences now we're a year away from the next Olympics? What's the differences between this year before the Olympics versus 2015? Oh my gosh, everything. <laughs> Everything's different. Um, haven't seen my teammates, only Zoom calls. Um, this time, or I mean, this time in 2015, we were training to qualify for the Olympics. We weren't qualified yet. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, I thought you guys qualified at World Cup. Up. Yeah. World Cup. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking this is the summer before the Olympics. This is the summer of the Olympics. Yeah. Well, I guess, no, this qualifies as the summer before the Olympics now. Yeah, it does now. Um, well, so we actually, here's a better way of framing it, dude. How, had, say COVID had never happened, what are you thinking during your pro season of like, we're going to Olympics, I'm hanging out with Maddie. I'm hanging out with Max. We're getting ready to compete. And then, like, what do you, what's your framework going into this Olympics before COVID even happens? Because I think that's the best. Uh, I don't know if that's what you're trying more to ask, Jackie. I mean, oh, go for it. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a good question of like, I just felt like we, we have a core, we have like the dudes, and almost all of us we're on that 2016 starting team. So we just have four more years of maturity, four more years of experience and just playing together and grooving together. So I thought, I just thought we were ready for any situation. We're more prepared for any situation that was thrown in front of us because we had just bonded, you know, we've been through the fire together and we've all, we're also older. We know how to be pros a little more. So, that was a big deal. And I still think we have that. I still think, I think it almost could be a, a advantage for us. We have an advantage because we played for so long together. We know our starting lineup and a lot of other teams, you know, unfortunately are adding some of the best players in the world. So, but they don't have the chemistry. They haven't played together for a long time and they don't know each other on a personal level. Maybe as well as we do. I could be wrong. I, I do think we have an advantage and I, we do have like this American grit of like, doesn't matter what you put in front of us. We're going to find a way. We'll, we'll, we'll go compete right now if we need to. And we'll yeah. go win that gold medal. Is that what you meant, Jackson? Yeah. And I, that kind of the time period 
the time period wasn't necessarily what I was getting now. I was just thinking like the maturity you were talking about. And yeah, I, I assume, I assumed that's what it was because you guys are so much more seasoned now. Um, yeah. Not just as a volleyball player, but as a person, as a professional. Um, but yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. I think that's a huge advantage. I personally feel like a completely different player mentally. Um, and I think that's super important as a setter. So I think um, all of us do. I think a lot of our a lot of our players have taken like big dog roles on their professional teams, and now to just be able to combine all of that stuff is is a is a fun little equation to try to solve. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So you're you're clearly, I'm sure you feel like you're the best version of yourself as an athlete right now. Um, so when you when you practice now, or let's say you were practicing right now, what are the what are some of the things you're working on personally? Well, I think there's differences of like technical and like mental side of the game. So right now, mentally, I just am trying to be to balance like the hypercritical from the competitive, mm-hmm. and just finding the balance of when to be extremely critical of myself, which I am and almost, and and I'm trying to combat that with like, stop thinking, just go compete and finding the times of when to do that. And and I think I've gotten a lot better at that. I think I struggled a lot at USC and even in my initial years in the national team of just being a little too hypercritical and thinking that um, there's so much to do and I need to like focus on this and this and this and this Sure. In order to do well, rather than competing and doing kind of what I may do best um, and not hindering that competitiveness. Uh, and then technically, gosh, I think technically right now I'm working on working on a little, little spinny, a little open up spinny guy to the back set on the mm-hmm. long way stuff. So it's more fluid and I can hold, a, I can hold like my setting position a little better. Sure. There's so much stuff, man. Yeah, of course. I don't know. There's so much stuff that goes through my mind of just like having to work on stuff. But yeah. just I I think that's it though. It's always striving to get better and always never being satisfied. I think it's really easy to some days just be like, oh, I don't feel like trying to get better at all. Like I I'm feeling good. The team's doing well, especially when everything's going well. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, just like, yeah, like, we're good. I don't need to, need to think too much, but I think the team's doing well because back when the team wasn't doing well, you were working really hard. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. How did you – this is like I, – I don't know how you did it. It's, it's remarkable when really young athletes have a lot of success and then still maintain, like, a good head on their shoulders. And how did you maintain – like the confidence that you still have when you were a kid with all the pressure that you have of like, you're the national team setter and you're 21 and like, you're going through all these ebbs and flows of life and like you're meeting your future wife and you're thinking about going to Italy and you're still like, all these things are happening and you're in college. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're still trying to go through college, you know, like, how did you how do you deal with it or how did you deal with it i think it was it? just 
I think it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier of just being a bit naive. Yeah. I think that works as an advantage of like going to these giant tournaments and like not being a professional athlete that's paid to do it and my contract doesn't depend on it and not having like this this other external added pressure. Um, I think when I went overseas for my first year, my eyes were super opened yeah. to the pressures that these athletes face and now we as athletes face um, whether because it's because of the money that's involved it's, and because of the sponsors yeah. and period money. And so when it's business, um, there's a lot of other things involved. And at that time I was just like in this college mentality of let's go do it for the boys, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, I think that's such a beautiful thing. But then you'll have to, you know, when you get into the business, you, you, you learn, you know, that's the, the nature of the beast a little bit. It's just the big business and the money involved um, does have its pressures and its consequences for certain actions or losses or things like that. So I just, I, it was a transition period. It was definitely not all like easy and smooth. Like, especially when I went pro my first year into like a big team in Italy that had a yeah, ton of pressure. Man. I was like, I was like, oh, this is super eye-opening. I had a hard year, and I, like mentally and emotionally, just trying to figure all of that stuff out and learn how professionals work and that they're not really mad at me. They're mad at the situation, and they're, you know, I just took it all out on myself my first year of like, oh, I am screwing everything up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that, you know, for me was a big learning year, and uh, I'm super grateful that I had that. I was going to say, had I, struggles. I remember you texting, or I texted you after you guys lost in cup and you guys got like third in cup, which is obviously not terrible. But when you're Macerata, they're like, we don't have this payroll to get third. Yeah. So you're like, I was like, man, tough loss. And you're like, yeah, we just got it. We just got chewed out by our president for like the last hour for taking third. Oh yeah. You know? And, uh, oh yeah. And, and you're yeah. in a big club. Yeah. And I was like, that's, you know, I, I remember talking to my mom. I was like, Micah just got crushed. And she goes, yeah, he's in Italy. Welcome to reality. Yep. And I was like, man, that's uh, Goodness, man. It's tough when you're fresh out of college and you got to go deal with stuff like that. Like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, you just don't know. And especially like we talked about, like volleyball doesn't have this NBA feel to it. Or right. like it's very, especially international volleyball, especially Italian volleyball, it's like, you win now. You don't get a three years for a project. Like you win now or else somebody's getting fired and somebody's losing their jobs. So um, it's definitely a different, a unique style of pressure, um, which makes it fun, which makes winning all that much better. But also, you know, you have to be able to manage your emotions and manage, I guess, you know, take things all relatively of like, yeah, we lost the game. Like that's, you know, it sucks, but we're still getting paid to do what we love to do. And right. There's a lot of other things to, to not hang our heads about, which is yeah. tough. If you lose in Modena and you lose like bad in Modena, I'm not, and it's hard to go outside because you just get talked to about how you guys are stupid or yeah. yeah. It's like, what was, what was that? Like, <laughs> I don't want to tell you what that was. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I know, I, I, I was there. 
I yeah, yeah. yeah. Had the best seat in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh let's lighten the mood a little bit. Who's who's the first guy to give you the business in the MPSF? Dude, I have no idea. Tony Torelli in practice. Um, <laughs> my, I don't know, man. That's a good question. I think I who's just, the first, like, the who's the first guy you the remember? First guy to give me the business, hard business, hard. Yeah. My senior year in college, Aaron Russell. <laughs> Dude, and that was probably still to this day, like the most dominated I've been as a blocker. Like the dude just dominated me 3-0 at Galen Center at home, hitting OT, hitting everywhere. I didn't even touch a ball. And I was at that at that time, I was like considered a pretty good blocker. And I was just getting bro, just hammered by him. And that was it's to this day. And he'll tell you he like he'll tell you, he's like, Yeah, I I destroyed you. Not in a bad way. He's like, Yeah, but I killed you that day. Like, in like the nicest like, Aaron Russell way ever. Dude, I was like that was a huge reality check for me. I was like, oh, man. There, there's a lot of things that I think I can do that I can't do. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> I had no response. That was a, yeah, that comes to mind when it's like, I just got stunned by someone that was big Ronnie. Yeah, he's a pretty good player, though. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's right. How much longer do you think you question. have in your career? Uh We'll see. I mean, my goal is to play it in 2028. Okay. Um, we'll see if the body agrees with me. Sure. But, but she hurting a little bit. We got a, <laughs> we got some uh, we got some problems. But there's nothing we can't we can't handle. So we'll, I'm a setter. Like I don't have to be that dynamic. So we'll figure it out. We'll be all right. Nice. Awesome. I hope maybe somebody better comes in and try and beats me out, but they're not gonna they're, they're not gonna get that with a fight. That's for sure. <laughs> well, Micah, I, I think we're good here, man. Dude, it was a fun one, guys. Thanks for it. It was an awesome bunch of questions and well done. You guys are you guys are sweet. Thank Thanks, man. man. You were awesome too. Yeah, dude. It's so fun to Thanks have you on. Candid. Great going down memory lane with that too, Maddie. That was <laughs> for so sure. Fun. I think uh, I think Mike is gonna be a repeat guest. Hey, let's do it. Couple oh, months, man. 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 Sure, Got a lot dude. of things to talk about. I talk uh, about volleyball all day, every day. My man, you're exactly who we're looking for. My man. Yeah. All right. All right, Hawaiian. Thank you again. All right, guys. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, Micah. Take care. Love you, Matt. Love you. Love you, love you too, brother. Love you. Love you too, bro. Love you, love you too, Micah. All right, guys. Take care.